and welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We're your host, Rachel Paul and Vicki Collier. Hey, Vicki, hey, how are you? I'm good, how about you? I am great. Um, I heard that you were recently in Houston. Ah, I was in Houston the day the storm came in. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so uh, we did make it out. We, I was uh, wondering about that. So you got we, out? We changed flights a little earlier the night before, and then actually were able to walk right on to one that was was heading back to Atlanta a little earlier. Even. Oh, so thank goodness. They were trying to get everybody out of there. I'm sure they were. And did you know I head back to Texas today? So Really? <laughs> That's where I'm going. That's like so your territory it right is now. Lately, huh? Yeah, so I don't know what the weather will be like then with the after effects, but it's all right. We're going to, I'll roll with it. <laughs> That's right. It's what we do, right? Yep. Awesome. Well, I thought it would be fun today to um, do a little pop quiz to yeah. test our listeners' knowledge and see how much they know. So, we're going to just go through and ask some questions with some multiple choice answers. So if you're okay. listening, go ahead and pick what you think the answer is. And we'll give you the answer, of course, and, and talk through that a little bit. Um, but I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Good. Sounds fun. Awesome. Everybody likes a quiz. Heck yeah. So here's where's the, the where's the Jeopardy music? Da, I know. Da, da, we do need some Jeopardy know, music. It'd be fine. Hmm. I should. We need a... We have to rethink this. Huh? <laughs> um, all right. So well, first question here is, what percentage of people polled say they trust their dental hygienist and their hygienist recommendations. So our our options here are A, 25%, B, 54%, C, 81%, or D, 99%. Hmm. So what do you think, Vicki? You would like for it to be 99%. Yes, you would. Um, sometimes it feels like it is only 25% <laughs> based on what patients actually do when we make recommendations. But the answer is 81%. Answer is C, 81%. Um, and, you know, honestly, being a hygienist, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, that's, I, mean, I think so too. I think it's good. I think that what that tells us is if our patients trust us, then we are obligated to tell them what we know and what we see they need. Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't mean we're obligated to figure out what their insurance will cover and make recommendations based right. on that. And I'm not, I'm really not being critical and blaming people about that because our patients have, have made us this way mm -hmm. um, because they, that seems to be the question, what does my insurance, what cover, what is, so we have been sort of well, trained or to yeah, set, programmed yeah. to do that. But, but my thoughts are if you know that you're trusted and we are, we are obligated to do the right thing and tell them what we know and what we what we see, and it's up to them to make the decision. So absolutely, but yeah. So eighty one percent is the right answer there. Um, the next question is: What percentage of patients have untreated decay? Hmm. hmm. All right, listeners. Let's see how well you know this. Um, A is ten percent. B is thirty three percent. C is fifty percent, and D is one hundred percent. Um, <laughs> now, this even is this, good. this, this is a good answer question. is always a little tricky to me. So when I ask this when I go into offices, they usually say a much higher number, and it would seem that way. But the answer to this one is B, 33%. Yeah, and you know, I actually have a lot, same thing, a lot of, a lot of people think that that number would be a lot higher. Yeah, right. 
But this is people that are actually... Coming to the dentist office. Right. Yeah, I thought if you're polling people who live under a bridge, you might have a much not larger number. <laughs> and That's I'm not, true. You know, I'm not knocking the people living under a bridge. <laughs> I wish they'd come to see us too. Exactly. But, but you know, so we, we've got a need, even in people who are coming to our practices. Um, we're still seeing decay. We're still seeing them not see the urgency of mm -hmm. treating that. Whose fault is that? I, I think we do have to take a little bit of blame maybe on that. I don't know. Not all the blame. Some people aren't going to. And I always thought it was interesting because you think like with fluoride in this day and mm -hmm. age that you wouldn't see as much. But, you know, I worked in pediatrics for years and it was almost uncommon for a child to not have decay. Sure. And then we, of I course, agree. we see it. It's very prevalent in adults, Absolutely. especially because we're living longer and our gums right. are receding and right. you have all these other issues. But yeah, even knowing that, in our office, we quit giving fluoride at 18 or whenever insurance stopped covering it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was this was years ago. I know better now. I'd right. be a much better person than I am now. Um, I'm well, not about I'm that. I'm a much better hygienist <laughs> than I am now. I don't know about the rest of it. Um, the verdict's still out. But, um, you know, but we were, you know, we no, I, it's kind of laughable. We just gave it to kids. Yet our business was running all day long off of adults who were having decay treated, yet we weren't doing anything to help them prevent it. Right. Um, so it's crazy to think that uh, that people aren't still going to have decay. I know, but I think it's just changing your mindset. Yeah, you know? I think so too. So being open to that too. All right, our next question is, which of the following are risk factors for decay? A, areas of recession. B, dry mouth. C, a patient with perio. D, GERD, yeah. gastroesophageal yeah. reflux yeah, that's disease, <laughs> that's the one, um, or E, all of the above. This is probably an easy one. I would hope so. I would hope it's easy. It's all of the above. Yep, all of the above and much, much more, Yeah, right? a whole lot of other things too. Yeah, that's right. So show them what makes them susceptible. Don't mm -hmm. just say, I see decay. Say, right. here's why, here's, I'm looking at your medical history. I'm, I'm, I've reviewed this. Here are the risk factors. Here's what you have. And here's what I see in your mouth with a enteral camera or mouth mirror or x-rays or something. Right. Show them, get them to buy into that. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be one of the key players, I think, to get them to accept treatment. And I think making it personal to them sure. is a, be a big part of that. If they just feel like you're just recommending this certain product or whatever that may be, mm -hmm. fluoride or whatever, to every single patient, mm -hmm. yeah, how is it relevant not, to them? Sure, sure. And with all the risk factors out there, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can find something to make. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In my relevant. observations of offices, I hear them say, well, we offer this to everyone. Well, I'm glad that you do but I want you to personalize it to that particular person. Yep. That's what's gonna make a difference to them. Yep, all right, so here's our next question. Okay. According to the ADA, which is considered a patient at moderate risk for decay? So okay. moderate risk moderate for decay. Risk. Okay. Our um, options are A, one or two lesions within the last two years, B, six or more risk factors, C, a patient who has never had decay. So which right. is moderate risk? What do you think, Vicki? I know the answer to this one is A, one or two lesions. So just one or two lesions uh, within the last couple of years, the ADA rec recommends a fluoride treatment for that person and considers them at moderate risk. So, and that's a fluoride varnish every six months. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people um, really realize like how many patients fall into that moderate yeah. risk, really high yeah. risk. Most right. of your patients actually fall into a high yes, risk. Yes, I think so too. And there's not a lot of difference between that and a high risk. No, you know, there's It doesn't not. take much more to get you into the high risk category. No. Um, next question is, which is the most acidic? All right, okay. A, the Sani bottled water, 
B, Gatorade, or C, <laughs> Pepsi? Hmm. And the answer is... Da -da 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 -da. It's Pepsi. I All bet right. everyone out there guessed that. However, um, it is only, you know, it... it, it the other things are not are also have some acidity. Mm -hmm. We know that the bottled water, some of those are actually a four on the acidity scale, uh, based uh, you know with seven being neutral. I think Pepsi's around two and a half or something. Yeah, with Gatorades it being. They say you can clean your car battery. Yeah, with Coke or Pepsi. Coke on, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you put Pepsi and not Coke. I mean, well, we are this in is, the well, south. You know, here. I'm not not can Coke. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi is a flat Coke. <laughs> Are you a Pepsi or a Coke? Drinker? I'm a Coke girl. Oh, I'm a Coke okay. girl. Yeah, right. I'm a Coke girl. Um, yeah, so that's that's a. I know we had an episode not too long ago that went through the pH of of a lot of your yeah. common mm -hmm. bottled waters. Mm -hmm. But the one thing about this too, I, I always think always think is interesting is that um, it is only slightly less acidic than gastric juices. We talked about the gastroesophageal reflux, GERD, yeah, whatever. GERD. But if well, you got a GERD. patient with GERD. Um, you, and you can see evidence of that. You know, mm -hmm. you need to do something to help neutralize those acids that are constantly coming up into the oral cavity. Um, so they may be, be doing a lot of things right as far as their diet is concerned, but if they have that, that's something you want to be aware of as well. So, For sure. And so then also just let them know, of course, if you're seeing that acid erosion, um, just let them know, hey, try to have it in one sitting. You're probably not going to talk that Pepsi fiend out sure, of never right. drinking mm -hmm. their Pepsi again. And as a Coke drinker, that's what I do. I don't sip all day long. I yeah. do have a little bit in the morning. I like my caffeine cold, and so I'm good to go after that. So. Yep, yep. All right, next question. On what patients should an oral cancer screening be done? A, 40 to 60-year-olds who smoke and consume alcohol. B, only men. C, anyone 18 years or older. D, only patients who specifically ask. Okay, oh, we remember. This is a good, this one. Is a good one. We remember that many of us were taught that most oral cancer is seen in middle-aged men who smoke, mm -hmm. and then it's exacerbated by those who also drink um, alcohol, I guess, consume alcohol. Um, but we know now, especially thanks to the human papillomavirus, that, that we're seeing episodes or the evidence of oral cancer in much younger people and in women as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the new uh, train, uh, way, way to think about this is to take, take an oral cancer, do an oral cancer screening on everyone, at least adults, 18 years or older. I and agree. I was recently in a pediatric office and she told me that they had actually found some suspicious areas in children who were actually younger than that, much younger than that. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, with, H, with HPV, I'm yeah, not surprised. Yeah. So, um, I do get, I've asked, I've been asked this before in offices and, you know, I definitely kind of have that philosophy 18 mm -hmm. or, or older, but mm -hmm. also, I don't know, it might make more sense for your practice to even go younger if yeah, you feel I think that. so too. I, I think so too. I think that you can't be too careful. Right. And if you can, you know, get a baseline and see what's supposed to be there, what's not supposed to be there mm -hmm. each time, I think that's a good thing too. For sure. Um, you and I, did we see the oral ID you, I don't know if mm -hmm. we, but yeah. I, I, and I've just when been we in the office and I was able to see them them use that on patients. Oh, cool. They incorporated it with their patients and um, they said, you want to come watch? And so it was really neat. So I was able to to see ag actually how it worked in an office. So it's a really easy piece of technology to use. I mm -hmm. think it's relatively inexpensive compared to is all the, the other. Is that the one that you can rent monthly to? I think it is. Yeah, yeah I think idea. so. Um, easy peasy to use. Mm -hmm. um, uh, most offices, it's probably worth a lot more than many offices charge. 
But what I'll often say is I would rather you do 10 of them at $20 than none of them at $65. Absolutely. You have to make it. Yeah. Make it easy to, to access. You can create value with your garbage, right? I agree. But I agree. For sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, just going back to this, definitely don't. Don't rule anyone out at this sure. point. You know? And make sure it's part of your standard of care. Yeah, sure and that's that the thing are, is if it is part yeah. of your standard of care and you know it's being done, right. whether that's once a year or whatever your standard of care is, then you know that um, that everyone's following that. Right, you and know, this is and tricky to me. Getting, I, I always am nervous when I go into offices and I see hygienists whose stats are across the board crazy and different from each other. That means that they're not offering the same services at the same at the same rate. Right. So to me, this is one of those things that everyone, every hygienist, every assistant, whatever you're doing in this office needs to be the it same needs and to consistent. Be. Absolutely, mm -hmm. very consistent. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and our final question is, when should an occlusal guard be recommended? A, when a patient mentions they might be grinding their teeth. B, when a patient mentions waking up with headaches. C, in conjunction with cosmetic work. D, when you notice wear um, facets during the exam. Or E, all of the above. Da, da, da. I think it's E, all of the above. Do you are so smart, Vicki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, I think occlusal guards are something that's often overlooked. I think it would be, one, a good source of production, just saying, let's just put that out there. But also, there are a lot of patients who need this. We used to say, what is the smallest investment they can make to protect their larger investment? Right. So if you've got a patient who has broken teeth that you are crowning, and you are now not going to put them in a night guard, who are they going to blame when they break that crown that you have just so beautifully put in their mouth, but... You know, we know it's their fault for the grinding yeah. and broke that we didn't address. It's, it's like yeah. insurance for yeah, their I think crown. so too. I mean, yeah. I think it's a no And I have offices that actually will have a warranty on their work. Mm -hmm. And if they've, you know, the, oftentimes the warranty is only in effect if they have kept and maintained a night guard and brought it in for... for. Well, I think it's just smart. I mean, we need to protect what we're, we're saying and doing right. too, right? right? So if we're going to sure. put a guarantee on something... Mm -hmm. They need to do their part as well. Right. It's not like, all right, I think I agree. And grind I agree. your teeth. And yeah. we know everyone's pretty much grinding their exactly. teeth out there. That's true. So. That's true. Good, good. All well, right. I love the little pop quiz. This was great. Um, I hope you guys got these answers right. You can also check out our website, hygieneprofitleaders.com, and go to the podcast. You can actually download the quiz. So we'll upload this quiz as well. So you can get access to that. And I think it'd be really fun. You can sit down with your hygiene team and yeah. test their knowledge and see how much they um, know about these, it right? It would be good. It'd be fun. That's right. So we appreciate you listening. And as always, stay, stay educated. educated.